According to filmmaker Marcus Mizell, a while back he found himself in the Westwood district of L.A., along with Life and Child, and decided to have a meal in a small French bistro called Belle Vie on Wilshire Boulevard. Spur of the moment decision. And on walking inside, he was warmly greeted by the owner, Vincent DiMarco, who made the family very welcome. They talked and ate, and a film was born. Marcus has been to the festival before in Santa Barbara. He established himself as a maker of short subjects, My Marilyn, for example. Marcus elaborated on the themes that particularly attracted him to the story of the bistro and its characters. Five years ago, I think it was exactly five years ago, we had a short film called My Marilyn um, screen there. And it's very exciting to now return with a feature film and the doc documentary competition. And uh, Harry, can I speak on just the documentary for a minute as far as the themes of the documentary? Love to hear you. There, there, I think there's a lot of simple, no-brainer kind of themes and story threads that were just obvious from the very beginning. You had the restaurant story, you had the pandemic angle, you had uh, a love story with Vincent and his, and his wife, Ornella. Uh, you had an immigration story, an immigrant yeah. story. You had all these uh, threats, you know, you had, the, you had the conflicts, the pandemic, obviously. You had McDonald's on the right and KFC on the left. <laughs> which provided which provided a kind of a dramatic spectrum of you know mom pop versus corporate corporate giants and you saw mcdonald's just churning along even more so after the during the pandemic with drive-throughs and all that and you know conversely you had bell v no matter how much creativity and and and, and uh you know positivity there was no real chance of ultimate survival because not just because of the pandemic, but the world we live in now. It's, uh, I think, you know, it's, it's not a sad ending. I think the point is for the, what I was left with during filming and also when we finished the edit and finished the film itself, like Vincent just reminds us that you have to be, find the silver lining, you know, find the silver lining and uh, don't look at it as a loss. Look at it as, you know, look at what we had and look at what we still have uh, in our minds and in our hearts, you know. Marcus is essentially a one-man team, director, cinematographer, editor of this film. Above all, he has Vincent, a natural actor before the camera and a great narrator uh, with a riveting story to tell. He tells how he came across the story of Bellevue completely by chance. I was trapped in Brentwood uh, five years ago or whatever, about five years ago, and um, I saw the sign go up for Belle V and I just, I felt like I noticed the restaurant immediately. And yeah, and I just made a point to go, go and get some food one time. And the, the first memory is just walking in and seeing Vincent welcoming me and the rest is history. He and his family were made to be very welcome by the proprietor Vincent. And he found they had plenty in common beyond food. As a filmmaker, also cinematographer and editor, he shares the practical side of his craft with Vincent. Vincent, by the way, is a film buff, and that too formed a bond. He's also a natural in front of the camera, giving the movie an unmistakably Gallic quality, talking a little about his immigrant family. So my grandfather was born in Greece, in Kalimnos. It's a small island in the Dodecanese Islands and uh, immigrated to uh, France during the Second World War with uh, his parents uh, mm. at six years old. 
they run away from uh, the Italian occupation from Greece. Yeah. And uh, they run away to the south of France. They made it to Aix-en-Provence. And my grandpa started at, I think, 12 years old, working in a kitchen in Aix-en-Provence. And from there, uh, starting a career until uh, he worked for Air France. He was uh, at the Salon Air France. He was the first big restaurant in Charles de Gaulle-Etoile. And then very soon, he opened his own restaurant. His first restaurant was in Odeon, which is Odeon in Paris is the center of cinema and theater. Cinema and theater where you can see old movies. So my grandpa is also why I'm such a big fan of movies and art because he's a big influence on me. And his passion of movies and art was transgressed to me, through, uh, into me, basically. From here, he inherited his love of film, family, our internal immigrants moving from southern France to Paris before World War II. Now they started a restaurant, they opened a restaurant. In fact, Vincent is a third generation restaurateur. What especially drew Vincent to Los Angeles? Well, there's certainly a French colony in LA. It's a trifle unusual to see a Frenchman who so genuinely loves the city and wants to make it his home and himself an integral part. And his love of Hollywood, of course, is part of his answer. Well, what drew me here is my ex-wife. She found an opportunity of working for Lionsgate, a movie company in Los Angeles, and I had my career pretty advanced in Paris. And to support my ex-wife, I said, yes, of course, let's do it. You know, I live in many countries since I'm a young man, so I'm an adventurer. As soon as I drove into Los Angeles, I felt home. Vincent rented a rather run-down location uh, that had changed hands many times in the year, over the years. It was located between the two giant fast food mammoths on either side, to one side McDonald's, to the other a KFC. But Vincent likes a challenge. He took on most of the repair and remodel work himself. Later, he would build a patio out of necessity, this time with the help of a partner. He finds work like this very satisfying, becomes a part of his philosophy of life. He wants to feel he's building something up rather than tearing anything down and destroying. I just think I'm blessed uh, to be a very handyman person uh, from the start. Uh, I mean, uh, I always uh, try to explain my friends who doesn't know how to cook that cooking is just a question of hand manipulation and rhythm, which is you can transgress it for any kind of work, whether you, you do plumbing, you do carpentry. Well, it's all using your hand and, yeah. uh, and using your hand in a certain way with a rhythm that brings you to a result. Like, I mean, like everything that you're talking about is just a passion about not being a human that destructs, but being human that builds. Building a table, building a restaurant for a nice moment, building a relationship, you know, instead of destruction. You know, uh, I'm all about... And it's world today in 2022 when we're almost uh, trying to do uh, again a, a stupid war with Russia when we think we're pretty okay, elevated yeah. human beings now. We, we, we take ourselves seriously as human beings all around the world. And so me, I really want to fight for building, sharing, and, and understanding each other in this world. And that's a message the world can take to heart. But even such an ebullient and confident person like Vincent would hardly anticipate a pandemic 
that has so disrupted life that almost everyone on earth, like almost every restaurant owner in the area and throughout LA and other cities, save of course the large chains who now crow about even greater sales, he had to face up to the possibility of closing up shop eventually and letting go loyal workers. Vincent tried to ride the wave as long as he could. He built the outside patio, he offered a special weekly menu with slimmed down selection of dishes. He did curbside deliveries, of course, and also sold wine retail. But diners were down about 70%. Debts deepened, and Vincent finally had to face the cold, hard reality and ultimately had to declare bankruptcy and close Belle V. His greatest fear was that he might, with the closing of the bistro, also lose his visa. Vincent's resourceful. He has friends and colleagues in the industry and been offered a job as instructor to youngest chefs and chief sommelier by someone who actually has the means to open a restaurant and the means, as I said, to float the business even in these harsh times. With the job, his visa is safe. Well, I finally asked Vincent if Belle V would ever rise again. Vincent is determined to reopen, even if it takes a few years. He points to the great support of all the messages he received from an army of loyal supporters and friends, but he insists he must reopen precisely on his terms. In my mind, I want to reopen Belle definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to open the same space. It's not just in my mind. It's in the mind of thousands of people that are sending me emails, message, Instagram message, or all that new stuff that you know. Uh, <laughs> so I want to do it. It's me. Uh, right now, I got uh, the chance and opportunity uh, uh, to have the trust of Michael Beckman to open his new uh, workshop kitchening bar in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. So I'm the general manager for someone. I take a little break. I work for someone. I have a salary. I have uh, health insurance. You know, I take it kind of uh, a few years of rest. But Bellevue is in my mind because uh, Bellevue is me. You know, I will not be able to recreate uh, Bellevue anywhere else in, 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 unless I'm the owner and the boss to do whatever I want and to receive how people I want, you know. So ultimately, Vincent's story, which could so easily have ended in defeat, marks a victory of sorts. Not what the French call a pis aller, which is the worst case scenario. Things have worked out reasonably well, thanks to his initiative, his networking, and like the king in the saying, Belle V is dead, but vive le Belle V 2.0. Belle V will have two screenings at SPIF. March 9th at 7.40 p.m. at the Fiesta screen three. And then again, uh, Saturday, March 12th at 1.20 p.m., same theater. KCSB News, this is Harry Lawton reporting.